Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness. We thank you for showing us your mercy. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for provision, for sustenance, for providing for us. We thank you for your mercies that keeps running after us, that are new every morning. We thank you that you are God, that even if you try, you cannot lie. And we thank you that we have faith in your faithfulness. We thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank God for yet another evening. And we are always grateful when God qualifies us to see another day. And just like Jesus, we always want to say that we would work the works of him who has called us while we are in the day season of our lives. Because the night season of our life would come, definitely. That season will come where we will not be able to work. So even the preacher to that, in the morning, sow your seeds. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand from labor. So we are sowing our seeds and we are harvesting until our moment on earth is done. So we are continuing our study that we began last week, God last week, and we are looking at who has your desires. We are exploring the the, the power and the influence desires play in our life. And we we our anchor scripture was from Mark chapter eleven verse twenty four, and many a times when we look at this scripture, our focus is on prayer. Or even if you should not look at the prayer aspect, you mostly focus on the believing aspect. But then Jesus gives us three conditions for an answered prayer or what people like to call the prayer of faith because we have different kinds of prayer portals to pray all kinds of prayer so generally this is the scripture that we use to talk about the prayer of faith and jesus says in mark eleven twenty four 24 that therefore i say unto you whatsoever ye desire when you pray believe that you receive them and ye shall have them and the scripture is making us appreciate the role of desires in prayer. Again, in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4, the Bible says that delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So desires are very important. And one thing that happens when you express faith in Jesus Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, as we say, is that God begins to work and change your desire. Because the person who controls your desires or whoever influences your desire literally influences your life. And in Mark, Jesus was saying that if only you could desire something, your desire would lead you to prayer. And if you could add belief to your prayer, you will get it. But many a times we focus on the praying and the believing because there are many a times we pray some things that we do not genuinely desire, but we pray them because everybody else is praying them or we pray them because we, or we pray for some things because we see everybody around us having those things when genuinely we don't need those things. But Jesus is making us appreciate the unspoken influence of desire. And the psalm scripture that we read, 37 verse 4, is letting us know how important our desires are to God. There are, there are many things we verbally do not tell God, but God has a mechanism of going through our heart and looking through our desires. 
And in fact, sometimes I think God listens to our desires more than the words of our mouth because there are many things that we do not even pray for that we desire, but we just don't have the right words that God gives them to you. Sometimes maybe you have a, a beloved. You, if most of us are told to pray for a spouse or a beloved, you say God fearing and funny. I've heard the ladies they want funny guys. I don't know if guys they want to marry a comedian. <laughs> But they will say funny and handsome. But there are many wonderful virtues and traits that we need in our spouse that we don't even know. There are many of us we don't even pray for. For example, let's say um, a spouse who is well balanced in life, who knows how to live a balanced life. I wonder if any of us have asked God for a balanced person. Because you see some people complaining if they marry maybe if a lady and you marry a papa. The guy is always praying, always doing ministry, and he seems to neglect the family, if that's what you are I'm describing it. And you could only wish that, oh, when you say, oh, I don't I don't say it should not serve God, but at least spend time with the family. There is somebody to always working, 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 working. So you realize that a balanced person is important, but it's something that you don't even pray for, because many of us, we don't even know. But these are things that God knows that you need in a spouse. And he answers these things by scanning through your desires. So your desires are very important. The things you desire of God and desire of life are very important. Because your desires become your expectation. And the Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall never be cut short. And when we're doing the series, the unusual in the usual, one of the things we made or we Instead, it was the importance of having an expectation of God, being eager to see what God would do with your life. So desires are very important. And yet again, let's go to John chapter 8, the verse number 44. Last week, I, I made mention of this verse, but we did not read it. Something very important as we are looking at how people get their desires, talking about basically knowledge and exposure. And Jesus is saying something, an important principle. He's saying that in John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. So Jesus is letting us know that the person whose desire you fulfill is the one who is your father. So God has a desire, the devil has a desire. And whosoever child you are is the one whose desire you would seek to fulfill. It's letting us know that this world is actually a battle of desires. The devil wants to control your desire and God also wants your desire. That is why in Philippians 2 verse 6 in the Bible says, for he works in us because God knows that if he's not in charge of your desire, there is no way you will get the energy to work out your salvation. So the only reason why we have the appetite and the energy to work out our salvation is because God has already worked it in. Because God has given unto us a desire to live for him, a desire to grow to the full measure and the state of Christ. Without that desire, we will not work out our salvation. So God wants your desire, the devil wants your desire. And we must appreciate the power and the influence of desire. Because your desire would almost always lead to an action that you will get a result. That is why yet again in the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Automatically you will be filled. So just being hungry and being thirsty 
is the qualification from being filled. Because your hunger and your tests would influence you to do the right things you would need to do to get the food or to get the water. And the reason why many of us are not achieving the things that we want to achieve is because genuinely we don't desire these things. I remember last week I was talking about Jeff Bezos, how he was uh, giving some presentation about how how he made it or how he succeeded or whatever. And he made mention the role of passion. And I think I was watching a YouTube video and somebody gave a comment down there that hey, it was like, be passionate about what you are doing, something like that. And the guy was like, so is Jeff Bezos telling us that he was passionate about selling books <laughs> when he was growing up. What I believe that all, and almost every um, what rich person in giving their points or their steps in becoming rich, almost all of them mention passion. Some say love what you do. But it just boils down to the fact that there's a certain role that passion or love or desire please in achieving success so the reason why many of us are not achieving certain results is because we are not hungry enough and thirsty enough for those results but god knows and the devil knows that he who controls your desires literally controls your life and this is why we must not let our guard down on the things we expose ourselves to and the things we feed on because last week we learned that it is through knowledge and exposure that you get a desire. That is why almost every child wants to be what either his father or his mother is or was. So generally, I'm yet to see, frankly speaking, I'm yet to hear of a, a child of a basketballer who wants to be a footballer. It's almost very rare because the child throughout his life, all he sees is basketball, all he hears is basketball, all he follows is basketball. So as long as the child becomes athletic and has the fitness, he's most likely going to go into basketball, whether he succeeds or not, that's another bit. So you see some people, because maybe when they were young, they saw a particular doctor, how the doctor was dressed, um, walking around the, the, maybe the corridor of the hospital, or the person was watching a TV show, or when they were in secondary school or primary school, a group of professionals came to speak to them, and they just liked the way the lawyer was speaking, or the doctor was speaking, or the engineer was speaking, and the person need to uh, be an engineer. So many a time, the information and what we expose ourselves to greatly influences us. That is why we cannot let our guard down on what we expose ourselves to. And that is why almost, especially let me say for Ghana at least, but almost every country, if I should say English-speaking country, America one way or the other influences a great portion of that country because of the investment America makes in the movie industry. And almost everybody, like general, as in an English-speaking person, knows one or two things about the American culture. And almost most of them are influenced by it. And that is why America invests so much in their movie industry. Because they know that... So, you, so for example, in Ghana, if you look at what goes on, the, the shootings, the, the racism, the injustice, and all the scary things we hear on the news, a teenager will just get gun and shoot anybody. Yet still, people want to go to America, especially Ghanaians. It's, it's just recently I heard that, oh, now the people say, oh, they want Australia, they want Ireland, they want this fun. Some of them, because maybe um, they know a relative there or they watch a movie there or whatever. But America influences nations because of their movie industry. And even in Ghana, the Nigerian culture has a great influence on us 
because of their movies especially when we were growing up in the early 2000s the the Ghanaian movie industry was literally non-existent like the way it is now <laughs> and almost all we watched i remember my parents used to have cd's and cassettes of nigerian movies and almost all of us know some nigerian name or a nigerian food or something and that's the power of exposure and the same thing is seen in in the days of the israelites when they wanted a king the only reason why they wanted a king was because other nations had a king that's all even in acts chapter 13 verse 21 the right of acts dr luke gave us this insight again that they asked for a king not because they wanted a king but because they saw other nations having a king that is why i said earlier on that many a times we pray for things that we do not genuinely desire but just because we see other people having those desires or having those things that is why we also want those things that is why in proverbs chapter 24 verse 1 the writer of the proverbs gave us a very strong warning and he says that do not be envious of evil people neither desire to be with them because what you don't know is that as you expose yourself to evil people your desires become evil because you begin to crave for what these people have so if you are always around people or having friends who are always desiring um, um alcohol or desire a careless way of living you also begin to get those desires because that is what you are exposing yourself to to need to have a healthy respect for your desires and you need to keep them in check because desire it's an important key in answering or in getting answers to prayer and desire is an important key in the direction your life would go so the whole trajectory of the israelite nation changed when they asked for a king just because other nations had a king and in Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 Jesus tells us that just lusting after a woman you have already committed a crime because what Jesus said that if you can have such a strong lust after a woman if opportunity presents itself you will do the undoable <laughs> and lust is simply an evil desire lust is desiring something that is not right that is evil and Jesus said that just looking after a woman and desiring after the woman you have already committed the act because your desire will always lead to an action an unpleasant action in the case of lust and our desires become the target point of the devil that is why in James chapter 1 that James teaches us about sin he said that we people don't just wake up and sin he gives us the formation of sin that is when you desire something and you allow to i think let us take a look at it i'm sure it's a scripture that we are we are familiar with but mr james just give us an important thing that say that when any man is tempted let him not say that he is tempted of god because god tempts no one so verse 14 but each person is tempted when he is dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed so you are tempted when you are dragged away by your own evil desires and enticed then after desire has conceived so after you allow a desire to settle in your heart and to implant itself in your heart it gives birth to sin and when you let sin like a baby for 9 months it gives birth to death so your desires become a target point of of the devil that is why the first thing that he said to Jesus after fasting for 40 days was food because he knew that Jesus desired food after fasting for 40 days the next thing he brought was 
arm the kingdoms of this world because he knew that Jesus desired to have the kingdoms of this world because in Revelations we are told that the kingdoms of this world will become that of our Lord and of his Christ. So God or Jesus had a desire for the nations of the world. And Satan knew this thing and he was hitting him at those points strategically. Again, he took him up to the mountain and said, if you are indeed the son of God, jump down for he has said that he gives angels child over you. He knew that this guy had a desire to enjoy the benefits of being God. And he said, no, I will not tempt my God. I lack angelic assistance, but I'm not going to tempt my God. So your desires become a target point of the devil. And that is why you must guard your desires with all jealousy. Again, I said last week that that's why I'm really particular about the movies I watch. I'm guarding my desires. I'm guarding my desires. And this is what even marketers know. That is why it will surprise you the amount of money well-established companies pump into advertisement. And by advertising, all that they are doing is to whet your appetite for their product or their service. Someone, I think I heard someone that Coca-Cola spends millions of dollars every year on advertising and the thing is that everybody in this world knows about coca-cola yet still they know that the year that they slack on advertising another product will come and take its place in your heart so constantly they want to keep themselves on your mind and they keep on pumping millions of dollars every year into advertising because they know the power of desires because maybe I remember I used to watch football a lot and there's a cook advert I think it was brrr. <laughs> I had a particular friend he used to like cook so something like me I don't really like cook so it's rare that cook would tempt me but almost always when they do that cook advert this guy will get up and go and buy cook or you look in his locker or whatever and get cook but someone like me generally I don't like cook so it's not a temptation for me that's why I said earlier on that the devil targets your desires and that is why you cannot take them for granted your desires the power of your desires and he who influences your desire influences you and this all that addiction is all about addiction is putting you in the chronic state where you desire for something so you see sometimes you look at who are addicted to alcohol and they themselves know the effects that this thing is having on themselves. Those who are addicted to drugs, they know that they are literally killing themselves, but their desires have been captivated. And as long as they desire after alcohol, as long as they desire after that drug, as long as they desire after that feeling, they will go heaven and hell to satisfy those desires. It's very important that we appreciate these things and work on what the things we desire. That is why when you become born again, your desires must change. And last week we looked at it, that Peter tells us, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Immediately you desire the milk of the word of God, you will grow thereby. It's automatic. Because your desire will lead you to take actions or to take steps that will make you grow your desires. That is why you cannot afford to be addicted to something ungodly because those things arrest your desire. Those things imprisonate your desire and they infiltrate your desire. That is why I think I said last week that those who are addicted to, to, to pornography, they are almost always masturbating or looking because they will not always get a human being available. Some may always get a door. And that's what happens. It paralyzes your brain. It seizes your heart. But tonight, 
Our desires are changing for God. Our desires are changing towards the things of God. We are setting our affection on things above, not on things on the earth, because we know the power of our desire. That is why even in a crime investigation, and yet again, I don't know this because I'm a police, but because I watch movies, foreign movies, I'm here to see a Ghanaian movie that will say, let's establish a motive. But I noticed that when I'm watching, I like a lot of um, crime or detective series. And almost always, I think that before they can establish that somebody was guilty, there are, I think, three things or so that they, they, they look out for. They say the means and the motive or so. Um, I think there are three, but I've forgotten the third one. But we always try to establish the means or the murder weapon. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling all detecting this evening. And not just the means, because, and also, they look for a motive. And I was told that whenever a man dies, the first suspect is always the wife. <laughs> and whenever a woman dies, the first suspect is always the husband. <laughs> oh, mercy. But then in every murder investigation, they try to establish motive. So mostly when they are going on, when the police go on, they ask you, oh, who do you think we have a reason to hurt um, or to kill this person or that the, the person was killed or robbed or whatever? Because they appreciate the fact that people don't just get up and kill other people. People don't just get up and rob other people. People are influenced to do things because they have a certain desire. And in this case, it may be revenge. In this case, it may be insurance money. In this case, it may be something else. But they know that you must always establish a motive. People must have reasons why they do things. And that's why I said that he who controls your desires literally controls your life. So your desires and motives are very important. And you must do everything. It's a fight that you must fight every day to ensure that you are still desiring the things of God, to ensure that you are still desiring to grow, to ensure that you are still desiring to live for God. Let's look at something in Hebrews. When um, Jesus is talking about the new, about the new covenant, when he says, let's, let's look at it in Hebrews chapter 8, the verse number 10. So he's saying that this is the covenant I would establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor, say, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest. So talking about the new covenant, he's saying that a time is coming after these days that now he would inscribe his will, his laws upon their hearts and write them upon their minds. He's talking about he working in us. He's changing our appetite, changing our desires. He would be in us and we would be in him. Our desires and our motive would be to live for the one who died for us. And this is one of the things that God says he would do in the new covenant. Let's look at it again in, in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 or let's start from verse 15. The Holy Spirit also testified to us about first. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. He will put his laws in his hearts, in our hearts, and write them on our minds. Because he knew that if he can get these things inside of us, the outside of us is just a matter of time and it will change. Who has your desires? 
what kind of things you are continually exposing yourself to. Don't take it for granted. That's why Paul said, do not be deceived. Don't deceive yourself because evil communication will corrupt good morals. Because the more you expose yourself to evil companionship, the more your desires are changing. And almost everybody who was into one addiction or another was introduced to it by either somebody in person or through a media. And what the introduction does is that it changes your desire for those things. So let's look at some few scriptures about what the Bible says about desire. Then we'll pray tonight. We'll pray a little bit more longer than we really used to. So the Bible says that, I think I've already given one, Proverbs 24 verse 1. Do not be envious of the wicked, nor desire to be with evil men. Because your desires will have a great influence on you. And you begin to do things you never imagined you would. Let's look again in Proverbs, we do out of Proverbs reading, chapter 18, verse 1. Proverbs 18, verse 1 is a true desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. He's saying that true a desire a man has, he's willing to pay the price for whatever he wants. So he would separate himself, he would seek and intermeddle with all wisdom for what he wants. So if he wants the anointing, through your desire for the anointing, you will pay the price of separating yourself for seeking after the anointing and you would interplay, you would intermingle with wisdom on how to get whatever you are desiring for. So desire will cause you to live a separated life and if it's a good desire, you live a goodly separated life and if it's an evil desire thereafter. And Paul also tells us in, in Colossians 3, we read that last week, that set your things, set your affection he said, because you have been raised together with Christ, because now you are born again, because now you have expressed faith in Jesus Christ, your desires must change. You must no longer desire earthly glory. You must now set your affection on things above. Your desire should be more about the impression God has about you than making an impression before people. You see the efforts people make in creating a, a perception on social media. Hmm. The approval, the likes of and the followers. But Paul is saying that if you have been raised together with Christ, your focus, your obsession should be to get the likes and the followers of God. Your desires must change. Your appetites must change. Your appetites for the things of God must change because your desires literally influences your life. So if you are seated with Christ, set your affection on things above. And in Hagar chapter 2, verse 7, this is our last scripture that we spent some time in prayer. God was talking about some things he would do. And he says that, verse 6, For thou says the Lord of hosts, yet once it's a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations are come, and I will fill thy house. Now fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. God is saying that a time is going to come, He's going to shake things on earth. He's going to shake the desires of nations, the desires of nations for political power, for nuclear power, for all those. He's going to shake things up. And the desire of nations will be to the building of His house. Even God knows that if He can shake the desires of people, He can influence their decision. So He said, I will shake things and I will shake the desires of nations and the desire of the nations will be to build the house of God because silver is mine and the gold is mine. So what God is looking out for is the desire of nations. If he can get your desire, if he can control your desire, what are the things you desire 
some of us, all we are designed for is to have a car, is to flex before our mates. When we go for old school reunion, is to have a particular title. And that's all we are obsessed about. Some of us is political power. That's all we are obsessed about. But God is saying to me that He needs our desires. He needs our desires. So today, we want to just spend a bit more time in prayer. And the first thing we are telling God, the Father, shake us, Lord. As we read in Hagar chapter 2, verse 8, verse 6 following, that God said that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the land and the dry sea. I will shake the nations and their desires shall come. We are telling God to shake us, Lord, to stir up our desires for the things of Him, Lord. We are designed after vain glory. We are designed to make an impression before people. We are designed to please people. We are designed to make a a good impression on people, but that is not the desire of God. Paul tells us that we should desire, Peter tells us that we should desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Paul gives us a hint into his desire. He says, one thing I long for is to forget those things which are behind me and to press on towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ. David gives us hints into his desire. He says, as the deer panted for the water brooks, so his heart longs after God. You realize that all these people, they give indications about their desires they have for God. The reason why Bible study becomes boring for us. The reason why we cannot tarry in prayer. The reason why loving the Lord seems almost impossible and it never crosses our mind is because we do not genuinely desire God. But by telling God the Father tonight, shake us Lord, shake us Lord, change our desires for you, change our desire for your presence. David genuinely said that a day in your court is better than thousands elsewhere. These are not things we say during praise and worship, but these are expressions of our desires. These are expressions of the state of our hearts. Father, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus, that every ungodly desire in us, Father, change our desires. Father, shake our desires in the name of our Lord Jesus. May we desire nothing else. May we desire nothing else and no one else but your will for our life. Jesus said, my meat, that thing that brings me satisfaction, my desire, my cravings is to do the will of him who has sent me and to accomplish it. Father, every desire that is not in alignment with your will and your word for our life, we pray that, Lord, you will shake us, Lord. You will shake us, Lord. You will change every ungodly desire in us, Lord. Work in us both to will and to do according to your own good pleasure, awaken us to desire nothing else but your will for our lives. Father, replace every evil desire, replace every lustful desire, replace every ungodly desire in our hearts, in our lives, in the name of Jesus. And we are praying that, Lord, every addiction, every craving, everything that is not of you, we are praying that, Father, tonight may there be a shaking in our hearts, may there be a shaking in our hearts. May there be a shaking in the heart. We are free from every desire. We are free from every craving. We are free from every lust. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we desire nothing else and no one else but you, Jesus. Secondly, we are praying, Paul said, that set your affection on things above. By telling God to give us the grace that our affection will be set on heavenly things. The writer of Hebrews said, that wherefore, seeing that we are covered, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. Let us run the race that has been set before us. Let us invest into finding out what race has been set before us. Father, we pray for race to set our affections, to set our desire 
on things above in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray that you will help us, Lord, to desire heavenly things, to desire to live to please you, to desire to live or to hunt and to set after things that pleases heaven, that makes heaven smile. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray for strength, Lord, to pursue a heavenly desire. We pray for grace, Lord, to set our affection on things above. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Lastly, we are praying. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, that hope deferreth makes the heart grow weary or grow sick. But I said, when desire comes, it's a spring of love. Hope deferreth. Maybe you started the year with the hope that you get a you get a new job or you get a job. You started the year with the hope that maybe you would get a beloved or a spouse or whatever. But then as the months are going by and as the economy seems to get worse and inflation seems to rise, that hope seems to be deferred. And the, and the writer says that it makes their heart go sick. Sometimes you just fall back into their cycle that, oh, I thought 2020, 2022 was going to be a good year. I don't have a job and the cost of living is just escalating. So your heart is growing sick. But the writer says that, but when desire comes, it's a spring of life. When desire comes, it's a spring of life. God needs you to have a desire for his move in your life. God needs you to be hungry and thirsty because then you'll be filled. God needs you to have an expectation for what he will do in your life. You see, that's why sometimes God gives us prophecies that he does not give us the full picture to. He wants to whet your appetite like what he did to Joseph. He just gave Joseph a glimpse of the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. He just gave Joseph a glimpse of 11 sheep, but he was whetting his appetite for what he would do in his life. And for many of us, we are already down. Our heart is gone weary. Our heart is sick. By the beginning of the year, we had a desire that we get a good job. We had a desire that we experience the miracles. But hope has deferred. But tonight, we are saying, God, we desire for you to do something new in our lives. We are saying that God do something new in our lives. And God is saying that before I can do something new, desire must come. Because immediately desire comes. It's a spring of our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, every part of our life that we have lost hope, because of the frustrations, the denial, the rejections of life. Father, we pray for a fresh desire. We pray for a fresh healing. We pray for a fresh longing for your move in our life. We pray that we will long after the miraculous. We will yearn after your presence, after your move in our lives. Father, we are praying for a fresh desire that we will hunger and thirst because we know if we are hungry and we are thirsty, we will be filled. We pray that, Father, everybody listening to us, that seems bullied and bamboozled by the frustrations of life. Father, we pray for a new desire that we are still expectant because we know that 2022 is still going to be a good year amidst the blowing storms and the contrary winds. Desire is entering our hearts again. We are desiring the unusual in the usual. We are desiring the hand of God in our life. We are desiring the miraculous. We are desiring to experience the works and the 
moves of the miracle worker, of the way maker, of the promise keeper. We are desiring to see your hand in the land of the living. We are desiring to experience your generosity. We are desiring to experience your goodness because we know that we eat the good of the land. We will know that we know that we will sow and in the same year we will reap. We are desiring you, Lord, because we know that when desire comes, it's a spring of life. We are desiring your move in your life. We are still hungry, Lord. We are hungry, Lord. And for those of us whose hunger is low, Father, increase our desire, increase our appetite, increase our expectation, increase our yearning for your will for our life. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Remember the scripture that hope differs makes the heart hope differs makes the heart grow sick. But when desire comes, when desire comes, how does even the desire leave frustration and negativity of life? When you look at how it has been six months and still no door, how do you bring back desire? Go into the word of God and feed yourself with faith. Look at how God changed the economy of a nation in 24 hours. As you read about the moves of God, it brings desire that you know that when our back is against the wall, He would make a way. 2022 is still a good year. And I'm praying for all of us that you still be desirous and have a huge expectation of what God will do in our lives and in the lives of all that concerns us. Amen. God bless you for being with us. And we are still fighting, we are still running, and we are still keeping. See you next week, even as we began. Hopefully, you do a Bible study. It's been a very interesting book in the Bible. Remember that we are still giving God our best, and we are only no man nothing but love. See you next week, and bye bye.